0: This isn't going to work out, and I'm leaving.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, very emotional time.
0: It was just so hard to accept the fact that my wife was dying. feel like a complete failure, okay. that I couldn't keep my marriage together. And I did ask him, you know, what is the chances? And he said she'd be the first one ever to beat this
2: type of cancer. I guess I'm really uh, looking at it as an opportunity.
0: But but I do know that with God in our life, that has made all the difference in the world. Things started getting a lot easier with God's help. It was just amazing. It was was incredible.
1: But if you can look at it and say, okay, I'm not going to know some things tomorrow, but let's enjoy today.
0: Knowing that God is there for me and me accepting God in my life, I wouldn't be here today.
2: So today we're beginning a new series called How to Get Through What You're Going Through. You know, in this series, we want to honestly face the struggle of suffering and how the truth that God loves us and is with us helps us to move forward with hope. You know, unfortunately, uh, we are all going to need these messages that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks in our lives. I understand that some of you right now may be saying, you know what, my life's pretty good. I'm not going through anything. If anything, I'm just going through some great times. But I just want to tell you, I need to tell you, take notes. Because sooner or later, you're going to be going through major losses in your life. Now, we do want to give credit to Rick Warren for the inspiration and insight for this series. He preached on this theme last summer in his return from a sabbatical after the suicide of his son. You know, so often when we encounter loss and suffering, I hear so many people say to me, I just want to get over it. You can never get over suffering. The only way to do it is to go through it. You know, in our church family, we have a lot of different people who are going through a lot of things. Sometimes I think we forget that. Before we hear the message on getting through life's losses, we want to listen tonight uh, to a story by Lisa Wilson and she's a member of our church and she's going to tell us what she's going through.
1: I really appreciate you coming here today to talk to us um, as we are in this series that is focusing in on you know uh, getting through what you're going through. Okay. So would you right now just share with us what is it that you are going through at this time?
0: Um, well right now I'm going through a uh marriage separation, a breakup with my husband. So how
1: did, how did you feel at that moment? How did you process what he had just said to you?
0: I was in complete shock. I did not see it coming. Like I I knew that we had issues, but I didn't ever picture him leaving me. Um, And I was just completely devastated. I just felt, like my whole world was crashing down.
1: Wow. So what did you do? What did you do um, in those early days, in those early weeks as you were were going through this time?
0: I, I basically went to work and I slept. That was all I did. The first little while I felt like a complete zombie. I was in a fog, people would talk to me and I didn't... I it, I wasn't processing what anybody was saying at that time. I just basically went to work, came home, cried myself to sleep, and it was a really really hard time for me. I was in a huge depression for a while.
1: Were you having to seek medical attention at that time?
0: Like, did you did it go that far for you, or were you I just spent months just staying in the house and just trying to put myself in a coma pretty much. Wow. (laughs) So, um, as you've described what you're going
1: through, here you are today. Um, Tell us how are you getting through what you're going through?
0: Um, Basically like at first... um, I let the darkness take over, um, but I still felt God there and I felt that he was near me and I just felt like he was pushing me to get out of that and eventually I did. I realized in order to get through this, I have to seek God and um, so that's that's what I did and I, I started becoming more involved in the church. And I made more friends and I actually started volunteering and um, things started getting a lot easier with God's help. The more that I relied on God, the easier things got and things fell into place a lot more. So how
1: would you say um, having a family of faith, a church family, would you say that that has has made a difference for you. I know you've talked about you've gotten involved in serving, but there was something significant that happened even in the midst of all this. Yes,
0: I got baptized (laughs) and having a church family made a huge difference um, because I became close to people within the church and made more Christian friends and that made a huge difference. So as you
1: continue going through you know, getting through what you're going through. Describe perhaps one struggle that you face even today, though, as you're journeying through this time of, of separation.
0: One struggle, I guess, would be I just feel like a complete failure, okay. that I couldn't keep my marriage together, felt humiliated, and just like I failed. So that's... A struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And what questions would you have
1: for God today as you journeyed through this time? Would you have a question?
2: Any um, question?
0: Maybe why this happened? <laughs> um, why could why didn't he want to work it out? I
1: want to thank you so much, Lisa, for opening up and sharing with us. What you're going through and and how you're getting through it thank
2: Thank you you. well let me just say hello to uh, the Brentwood campus as we um, begin this first message on getting through life's losses if you have your bibles or uh, even a digital form on your smartphone i encourage you or actually take one of those programs and it's the whole passage is written right out for you i'm going to read starting on uh, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. So let's hear the word of God, and let's read it together. In, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. And so a man from Bethlehem and Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were, were Malon and Kilian. And they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilian died. Thus left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and the daughter-in-laws got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me." May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. And then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And may the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. And then we see Naomi returning back with Ruth to her homeland And as she is greeted, she now declares, Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such a tragedy upon me? Well... As we um, hear the word of God today, we know that this is a great story that actually illustrates a very important truth, and if you're following along in the outline, I just want to begin that this story tells us about a truth that has gone from ancient times when this story took place to the 21st century of today, and that is this, loss is unavoidable, loss is unavoidable. Um, you know, as we think about Naomi, we just heard this story about her. Think about it. Think about the loss she encouraged, incurred. First of all, she had to leave her homeland. For some uh, women or men, leaving home is traumatic. That just, you know, can you imagine? You know, time to leave. I can remember when I got married and, uh, you know, we had to leave home. We left the Maritimes and went to uh, Vancouver for three years to study. ...as I was preparing for ministry. And I remember how traumatic that was. I mean, we were leaving home. And then, as Naomi went with her husband and her two sons... ...we see that now she experienced the loss of her husband, um, Elimelech. And then we're told that uh, a few years later... ten years later, that then her two sons died... ...even though they had married two Moabite women. So, here was Naomi, living in a foreign country... ...right next door to uh, Israel... Uh, just over uh, across the Dead Sea, and not in her own home, not in her own country, here she is now, a widow. And please understand something, to be a widow back in ancient times meant loss of security and any sort sense of protection. Um, God's law had stated that if a woman lost her husband, the, the nearest relative needs to take care of her. But here, Naomi had no nearest relative. Her two sons had died, and she didn't know if any of her relatives were still alive back in Israel. But not only that, think about this. Her loss was also the death of her dreams. She, she now wasn't going to see any grandchildren. She wasn't going to, to be able to grow up and grow old, watching the next generations uh, grow and experience all that life would, would bring. And so there was Naomi having to deal with the shock and sorrow of loss. You know, Naomi would say, it's true, in life, loss is unavoidable. But now let's talk about our story. Let's talk about your story. What about, uh, when have you gone through losses in this journey of life? I mean, actually, if you think about it, we will all face losses as we go through life. This is just such a rudimentary truth, and yet one that we want to avoid and not think about and say, oh, that's just really being pessimistic. It's being realistic. I mean, think about how all the losses of life... Of course, often when we use the phrase losses of life, we first of all think the loss of loved ones through death, and that is a big one. But let's also think about you can lose your health. You lose your job. You lose a friend. You lose finances, you lose your marriage, you lose a career, you lose the cancer, you lose a dream, you lose a school, you lose a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you lose when there's only two spots left for that team, for that university or that job opportunity and you're not one of the two selected, so you've lost. Or how about this, you lose courage or you lose integrity or confidence or you lose the ability to cope. Loss is unavoidable. And along with the unavoidability of loss, it also means we can't avoid the pain that comes with that loss. I think that's the part that we hate most about loss is the pain that comes with it. And when I talk about pain, I'm talking about the pain of all these emotions that crowd our lives, that include despair and anger and sadness and numbness and shame and aloneness. And probably the worst emotion of all, with loss comes fear. Loss introduces us to all these dark places. You know, I I can't help but ask myself, well, if grasping this truth that loss is unavoidable, will that anchor us when loss comes? You know, all of us may intellectually agree that this axiom of life is true, but I can't help but see it over and over again, including my own life, that when loss gets personal, what's our first response? We're shocked. I can't believe it happened, we cry out. Why me? How could this happen? This is not fair. You know, I think the shock over loss is just part of the journey. We can't avoid it. We just have to figure out, though, how to get through it. So, so how do we get through life's losses? They're unavoidable. They're coming. Well, that brings us to the second point in the message that loss is unavoidable, but grieving is a choice. Let's go back to, to the story of Naomi. You know, it's amazing that, you know, Naomi's gone through all this loss, Lost her husband her two sons. She's in deep pain. She now travels back with one of her daughter-in-laws. And when she's greeted back home, and imagine, you know, can you imagine if you hadn't seen somebody for a long time and they come into church on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening service and, and all of a sudden you say, oh, I haven't seen you for a long time. And you know that they've gone through some deep, painful loss. And, and can you imagine if their first response is, hey, don't say it's good to see me because nothing's good about life. I've gone through a horrible loss and I'm hurting and I'm angry and I'm mad. Well, I guess I got to go get some coffee now. We'll, 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 We'll talk to you later. Because we all want to be polite, right? We all want to just stuff it and cover it up and pretend that somehow we're all Okay as we go through the deep losses of life. You know, I can't help but actually give credit to Naomi here because she is making actually a very healthy choice in her response to the pain that she's going through. Listen to what she says. She goes, The Almighty has made life very bitter for me. The Lord has caused me to suffer, and the the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me. And, and, and remember, remember she says, "Don't call me Naomi, because you know what Naomi means? If you're, if you're deciding to call your daughter Naomi, her name means "pleasant." And, and Naomi says, "Don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara. Bitter. Ticked off. Angry." Now, now what Naomi is doing is she's grieving. And I really want us to get a sense that one of the most important steps that you and I can take in our journey through life's losses is to grieve. You know, Naomi's choosing to grieve. And when we mean grieving, we mean that she's openly expressing her pain. Naomi doesn't bottle it up or stuff her pain down. She grieves. Naomi does not see grieving as weakness. It actually takes a strength of character to really grieve. She is feeling great sorrow. She's not denying it, suppressing it, or repressing it. You know, actually, the biblical idea of grieving is found in the word lament. Now, we don't go around saying, I I need to lament today. But actually, it'd be a good Bible word for us to start to put into our vocabulary when we're facing losses. You know, it's a Bible word. It's a kind of an action that you must do in order to be healthy emotionally and spiritually. So what is a lament? A lament is a passionate expression of grief to God. To lament means I have a passionate expression of grief. I cry out to God. I may shout out to God. I may weep. I may yell. It's a passionate expression of grief. And actually, the Bible teaches us that a lament is actually an act of worship. It's an act of worship that can actually include arguing with God and complaining to God. Isn't that something? I think a lot of us, when we think about talking to God, we, we would never complain to Him. Now, we certainly complain about Him a lot, but we would never complain to Him. But don't you understand that actually the Bible teaches us that when you complain to God, that's an act of worship. When you complain about God, that's an act of rebellion. And we usually do the second, and that's a sin. But God says, you can complain to me all you want. I can handle it. So stop for a moment now and think about, well, if Naomi had her song of lament, and she did, as we heard in this story, what about your song of lament? When you face losses in life, let me ask you, have you grieved over those losses? Or have you just said, I'm stuffing it down and I'm moving on? Have you lamented? You know, I'm afraid that's something that we often fail to do and we pay an awful price for it. I want to read something from Rick Warren's observation when he was sharing his message about grief And he says, here's what happens when we choose not to grieve or to lament. He says, grief is without a doubt the most painful emotion that we can go through in life. It's also the most helpful emotion. How is that, you may ask? How is grief helpful to me? Warren goes on to say, grief is God's tool for you getting through the transitions of life. Did you hear that? Grief is God's tool to help you get through the transitions of life. If you don't grieve in your losses, you get stuck. And some of you are still stuck at the age of 14 or the age 28 or the age of 32 because you didn't grieve a major loss in your life. And guess where you are right now? You're stuck there. And you wonder why you have anxieties and why you have phobias and why you have fears and why you have low self-esteem or anger issues because you haven't learned how to do good grief. And Warren just concludes this part of his talk by saying, I want to tell you, friends, that is a mistake. To not grieve losses is a mistake. Grief is God's gift of getting us through the transitions of life. And he goes on to just say, let me explain it this way. If I don't let it out in healthy ways, if I don't let that loss out in healthy ways, I am going to act it out in unhealthy ways. So can we bring our grief to God? Yes, we can. We can cry out to God with our pain, with our hurt, and with our anger, with our complaints, and just tell God exactly how we feel. You, you know, one of the um, when you read the Psalms, um and there's 150 of them that um there's so many of them that are actually laments to god they're complaints to god and one psalm is psalm 88 and i'm not going to read the whole thing right now but i just want to catch a couple of the verses listen to what he how the psalmist writes it. this he goes oh lord god of my salvation i cry out to you by day i come to you at night now hear my cry listen to my prayer for my life is full of troubles death draws near i'm as good as dead And then at the very end of this psalm, he says, darkness is my closest friend. End of psalm. There, that was his song to God. Darkness is my closest friend. See, in your grief, we need to understand that we need to do two very important things. We have to, first of all, thoughtfully list our losses. You know, that's part of what it means to grieve before God and before others. Thoughtfully list your losses. What are the things in your life you haven't grieved over? You thought you could just put your head down and get past it, but God is now showing you that it's time to go through it because that's the only way with loss. So thoughtfully making a list means you go deeper and look beyond the obvious. You know what it would mean? It would mean that I go back and I look at, what did I really lose in my childhood? What did I lose by having an alcoholic dad? What did I lose by being laid off? What did I really lose when my parents got divorced? What did I really lose when my family moved so often as a child? What did I lose? Did I lose stability? Did I lose security? Did I lose identity? Did I lose encouragement? Did I lose my credibility when that happened? Did I feel shame? Did I lose trust? You see, you need to look past the obvious and say, when that happened to me, the painful thing, or when that loved one died, or when that person walked out of my life, or whatever happened, you need to say, when I'm going to grieve and when I'm going to lament, I have to say, God, this is what I really lost. And I feel like darkness has surrounded me. And the second thing you need to do when you're writing your own song of lament like Naomi is you need to passionately express your pain to God. Don't be afraid to cry out to God. God grieves with you. But now we need to ask ourselves, is this where we end? And I want to say no. Because in the story of Naomi, we see see hope in the midst of the lament and the grief that we need to do. Um, Because here we find something that I think will anchor our souls through life's losses. So, so far, if you're with me, you have to remember that we're saying that, first of all, loss is unavoidable. We have to embrace that truth. But secondly, if we're going to get through that in a healthy way, we need to grieve, we need to lament. Grieving, though, is a choice we need to make. Instead of avoiding it, we need to embrace it. But thirdly, we need to remember that God is determined to go with you. You know what I love in this story of, of Ruth and Naomi is the presence of Ruth. Don't you just love that line in the story where um, Naomi says, Look, daughters in law, you met your obligation, but you're no longer obligated to me. Go on, go back. And so Orpa, she, the one other daughter in law, says, Okay. She weeps, she cries, but she goes back. But then Ruth says, Wherever you go, I'm going. And wherever you die, that's where I'm dying. Now, for those of you who ever want to get married, that's a great passage to read, by the way, for your vows. That's a great statement, actually, too, for friends, if you want to talk about friendship. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Wherever you are going to be, that's where I'm going to be. And just think about the healingness of that statement to someone in deep pain. Because so often when we're going through losses, we often feel what? We're the only ones going through it. No one else understands. No one else cares. We're all alone. But Ruth says to Naomi, I'll be there. And I love, I love the line that as we were reviewing this story where it says, and when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she, she stopped arguing. She was determined. You know, in this story, we see the, the, the encouragement and the healing and the hope that um, comes from that presence. But now what about our story? What about the importance of having presence in our life? Well, can I remind you one thing? I think there's two powerful truths that we get from this. First of all, it's this, that healing is found in community. Listen, you are not going to get well on your own. Nobody gets well on their own. We we get better together. We need each other. You know, there's one thing that God knows at the very beginning in Genesis that he said was not good, and that is for us to be alone. He hates loneliness. He made us to be in community, in relationship, to love God, to love each other. You need people in your life. You need relationships. You need community. And that's why the Bible says in Galatians 6, when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, he says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, when you're in pain, I am supposed to carry your pain. And when I'm in pain, you're supposed to carry my pain. And when either of us are in grief, we're to carry each other's grief. We are to support each other. And so we will find healing because we need those Ruths in our life. We need to be a Ruth to each other where we will say, I will go where you're going right now. And if you're in sorrow, then I'm with you and I will weep with you. But, you know, the powerful thing about the Old Testament is this. When you read stories in the Old Testament, you should always be looking for Jesus. Because Jesus pointed out, as we read in the Gospels, he, when he, after he had resurrected and he was walking along the Emmaus Road, it says he, he took them all through the scriptures, and the scriptures at that time were just the Old Testament, showing where it predicted and prophesied him. And a lot of times when we read these stories, we got to say, where do we see Jesus here? You know, when I see the story of Ruth saying that I am going to be there with you, I'm determined to go with you, what I understand is that Jesus is saying, I'm going to be there with you. See, Ruth is actually a, a figure of Christ, so to speak. And, and, and when Jesus said to all his disciples, after he resurrected and just before he ascended, he says, lo, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. There we see that very type of statement that's being said by Ruth herself. And we see a picture of Jesus right here. And so you know what it means? It means that we need to invite Jesus to come and journey with us and to heal our broken hearts. I I love what it says where, where Jesus said in his first public sermon in Nazareth, he said this, God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And when we come to God, And say, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm scared. God, I'm grieving. God, I just got fired. God, I don't know what to do. God, this is a big deal I'm working on. It just all fell apart. God, that divorce, it's final. Or that engagement, it got broken off. Dear God, all the things I wanted haven't happened. I wanted to have a baby. I wanted to have a family. And it didn't happen. I can't handle the loss, God. And we need to tell that to God. We need to tell that to Christ in our brokenheartedness. And he's not going to say to us, often like maybe some of our parents, or we've been guilty as parents of saying, stop your crying. He's tender. He's compassionate. He understands how weak we are. So can I encourage you, as we begin this series on how to get through what you're going through, and as we think about getting through life losses, look to Jesus when you're going through that valley of your loss. When you're going through a dark valley, what you need is light. And have you looked to the light? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And you know, getting through this loss all begins by giving your life to Christ. If you haven't done that, you need to do it wherever you are. You need to give your life to Christ. And I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about giving your life to Christ. Because you don't have the resources to make it through all the losses that are going to come in your life if you don't have the power of God in your life. And that comes through knowing Christ as your Savior and Lord. Jesus who came and died for you because he loved you you know when you surrender your life to him by faith and receive him and believe in him that he's the son of god and in him we are saved from our sins and from the power of death and from eternal judgment because he gave life for us on the cross and rose again and now invites us through the holy spirit to trust in him and follow him as our savior and as our lord and also as our comforter You know, that is when you can start to get through life's losses. It begins by simply saying, Jesus, I come to you in my pain. I believe in you. I receive you. Will you begin this journey of faith so you can make it through the losses of life? At this time, we're going to turn it back over to the other campus just for the closing ministry moment. You know, we're just going to take a moment... To, for you to do your own moment of lament and grieving. And like I said, maybe you're not at that place right now. But I can't help but think that if you're honest, if you start to make a list of the things that you haven't grieved over, I can't help but think there are things to grieve over tonight. But I want to begin by just reading Psalm 88 in, a, in more of its totality. Hear this Psalm of Lament. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and my loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Now we're going to just take the next few moments, and whatever loss you're going through, this is the moment to give it to God. You're going to be listening to a song being played in this next moment. And while you listen to this song, which is a song about grief and lament, take a moment to say, God, what is it that I have to just cry out to you on and say, God, this isn't fair. It's so wrong. It hurts. I'm still so angry about it. Make your list. Give it to God. And then passionately express your grief to Him. Bring it to God. Stop stuffing it. Stop pretending it didn't matter because it does matter because it has hurt and wounded your soul. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck. So let's just take a moment and let uh, us listen through this song. But I'm tired, so tired from walking.